expressed in this podcast are solely those of the authors and guests of the podcast. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Soberless Thoughts. I'm Mike Odenbeck. I'm Alex Worley. And these are our Soberless Thoughts. That actually didn't sound too bad. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alex. Uh, we're back at it again, buddy. And, That's uh, right. We're, we're from our separate bunkers once again. I'm, yep. getting, I'm getting kind of fucking tired of this, honestly. Yeah, same here. It's just not as fun to do this. <laughs> no, it's not. And uh, so... So what are, what are we drinking? What are you drinking? I'm, I'll tell you what I'm drinking. I'm drinking another Guinness. <laughs> another Guinness. Yeah. Because we got leftovers. Yeah, I'm finishing off my Guinnesses from last week. Yeah. We're, we'll call this the cleaning the fridge episode. We're just going to, whatever's left. Um, we're rations. We're rationing what we got. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> uh, I'm drinking, and it's all because of this podcast. They should sponsor us, but Bush Light. Um, all because of this podcast is the only reason I started drinking this stuff. Because I'm like, I can't tell the difference between this and Bud Light. Why am I spending more money on Bud Light? Um, and then uh, I'm actually drinking a little shot of New Amsterdam gin in honor of uh, some of the topics we're going to have. I don't know what that has to do with one and the other, but I just thought it would be nice. New Amsterdam gin? Yeah. Is it's a... It- uh, it's kind of like a, uh, I don't know, like a, it's a good mid-level gin. Uh, it's not real, real uh, effervescent. That was a new word I was wanting to break out on you, so I don't have to use floral anymore. <laughs> effervescent. I effervescent that ass. Hell yeah. <laughs> so it's it's not that, it's a little bit milder of a gin, which gins are so damn unique because they just... It depends on the distiller, whoever makes it, decides what kind of concoction of herbs and spices they use in it and juniper berries and stuff like that. So this is pretty mild. I think it's uh, kind of like a regular uh, 40% 80 proof, I believe. But it's it's pretty good. I'm just drinking it literally with a couple ice cubes. Nice. I'm it drinking is, uh, uh, my Guinness just straight out of the bottle. <laughs> As you should. As I should, yeah. So tonight we wanted to talk about something that kind of goes hand in hand with the craziness that's going on out in the world today. This epidemic plague that we're dealing with, with this coronavirus. Uh, A little known lady named Typhoid Mary. That's right. (laughs) Typhoid Mary. You know, this is almost like a, like a, it's like a mini drunkards in history with less drunk. Yeah. <laughs> just a nice history well she uh, was Typho- irish she probably did do a little bit of drinking oh i guarantee it there's no <laughs> way she didn't um yeah uh typhoid mary as actually her real name was mary uh malone malone m-a-l-l-o-n malone malone malon 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 i don't know it mary malon <laughs> they call me mary malon uh, of course, everyone knows her by her typhoid Mary. Uh, as you already said, she is Irish. She was actually born in Cookstown, County Tyrone, Ireland, which I think is Northern Ireland because I'm so, yes, it is Northern Ireland because I'm so good with geography. Yes. Um, 
Tyrone <laughs> sounds like such an Irish name, too. Yeah. It's probably not Tyrone, but we're going to go with Tyrone. T-Y-R-O-N-E. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Tyrone. <laughs> Doesn't help with the the way I say it. Um, now... <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, but she was a immigrant that immigrated to the United States. She was born around 1869. She made it over here on 1883 or 1884. There's not really clear evidence of when, but it was somewhere around that time. Yeah. Uh, lived with her aunt and uncle and later found out that, uh, or later she started working as a cook, which was... Uh, Something is definitely intriguing and need to know for the story. Oh, okay. Um, but she started to cook for, like, well-to-do families and stuff like that. Right. Well, so she must have been a good cook. Yeah. So she got that cooking skill. Um, she made she, a lot of good potatoes. Oh, the best taters. <laughs> they were they were crispy, but yet firm. <laughs> mm. Let's see. uh from 1900 to 1907, she worked as a cook in New York City. New York City! Um, for seven families. Uh, in the 1900, she worked... Seven different families at once? Uh, no, I think it was just during that time period. She would jump from, like, she'd work for one family for a couple weeks, move to the next. Uh, the first one she worked in New York where within two weeks of her, her employment, residents develop typhoid fever this was 1900 then in 1901 she moved to manhattan where members of the family for whom she worked developed fever and diarrhea and then uh then she went to work for a lawyer uh left after seven or eight people in that household became ill so everywhere this lady was going like people just all of a sudden get ill she didn't know what was going on right or maybe she just didn't care or she didn't care or she's like It'd be like today, she'd just like, God, man, this coronavirus is all over the fucking place. Everywhere I go, everybody's got it. I got to get the fuck away from these people. Right. They're going to give it to me. That's why she kept dipping out on them. She's like, she's like oh, shit. Like, yeah. These guys got it, too. I got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. These people are fucking disgusting. <laughs> Let's see. 1906, she took a position at Oyster Bay, Long Island. Within two weeks, 10 of the 11 members of the family were hospitalized with typhoid. God. She changed jobs again because she got scurred. <laughs> Similar currents happened three more households. Close three more times after 10 out of the 11 got sick and went to the hospital. Uh, she worked for a cook as a, uh, as a family cook for a wealthy New York banker, Charles Henley Warden. When Warden rented a house in Oyster Bay for the summer of 1906, Malone went along as well. Uh, from August to September, six of the 11 people in that family came down with typhoid fever. The disease at the time was unusual in Oyster Bay, and according to three medical doctors who practiced there, Malone was uh, subsequently hired by other families and outbreaks followed her. So you know why it was rare to happen in Oyster Bay? Was that? Because Oyster Bay is this affluent area where it's all really rich people, and mm. typhoid was notorious for lower poor class people to get it and rich yeah. people just did not get it so for I, for there to be an outbreak in like the ritzy ditzy oyster bay it was 
pretty much unheard of. Yeah. Do you, uh, by the way, do you know what typhoid is? It's the coronavirus. <laughs> it's the coronavirus of the 1900s, yeah. which actually it has um, a lot of the same symptoms. Yeah, it has a it will coronavirus is more respiratory. This has more so as I've read before. It is a uh, it's typhoid fever is a bacterial infection due to a specific type of salmonella. So like you know like food poisoning or just kind of you get in your system somehow. I don't know. Is Which, it is that is that true? Yeah, uh, bacterial infection due to a specific type of salmonella that causes symptoms. The, the symptoms may vary from mild to severe, so it could seem like food poisoning, uh, a lot of <clears throat> weakness, abdominal pain, constipation, headaches, mild vomiting, uh, diarrhea, fever. Yes, fever for sure. High fever, vomiting, abdominal pain, diarrhea, constipation. Severe cases spread through contaminated water and food causing high fever and all the rest. Uh, Dude, that those are all symptoms of the coronavirus. That entire list that you just read off. Well, yeah. I mean, there's like a million. <laughs> yeah. There's some more to it than that. But I mean, hell, that's a lot of stuff. I feel like... I like it when like we start freaking out about something. Like, if you get a fever, well, when the fuck don't you get a fever when you're sick? So it's like, <laughs> like how do you know other than get tested? I guess. Um, I will say, uh, typhoid fever was one of the 19th century's worst killers. That was something that was very rampant back then. You know, it's funny. I actually just read about a doctor who I don't know if it was around this time period or before then who was trying like he realized like back in the day there was a high mortality rate for mothers and babies yeah and he published something that said uh if we would just wash our hands in between childbirths of different mothers maybe the mortality rate would go down and he did a study on it and he started to do it and what he found out that was correct and you know what they did what they fired his ass and sent him to an insane asylum. <laughs> <laughs> because that's that's too fucking that makes too much sense. Fuck that guy. <laughs> so, um, so obviously there was a sanitation issue. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> um, but yeah, back to typhoid Mary. So. Obviously, everywhere this woman goes, this shit follows her. Um, <laughs> and uh, what is it? In uh, 1906, one family hired a typhoid researcher by the name of Dr. George Soper, and he was considered a sanitation engineer and a chemist, which sounds like what we call our garbage men. <laughs> <laughs> what was his last name? Uh, Soper, S-O-P-E-R, Sopper, Soper. Soper, dude, so he was a cleaning specialist and his last name was Soper. <laughs> oh my God, I didn't even put that together. How did he not come out with his own line of fucking hand soap? Right. Hi, I'm Dr. George Soper. Are you worried about typhoid? Get you a bar of George Soper soap. That's right. <laughs> And don't use that dirty Irish Springs. 
shit. Yeah, Soper. Oh my god, how did I not see that when I was researching this? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so in 1907, he published in the Journal of American Medical Association. He believed Mary Malone, Milan, uh, might have been the source of the outbreak, right? Right. Because uh, he was going through all like the family's documents and all, and like was like, "This is weird." This cook arrived two weeks before this broke out, and then all of a sudden this happened. Uh, well, he decided to, um, kind of like confront her, be like, "Hey, I think you are the one that's causing this, and if you would give me a urine and stool sample, we'll test it, and we'll see if it's you." And she goes, "Kiss my ass." <laughs> And then threatened him with a butcher knife. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, so, that was a hard no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And apparently, she was a little bit of a violent woman, anyway. Yeah, I can imagine. As you do, because people are constantly like, "Hey, you, we've noticed when you get around, people get sick." She's like, "Fuck you said to me." <laughs> Boom, butcher knife. <laughs> I'm tired of people saying this shit. It's not real. That's right. <laughs> Eat my potatoes, motherfucker. Uh, yeah. Um, so he then, uh, after she refused to give samples, he decided to compile a bigger uh, five-year history of her employment and found out eight of the families that she was hired, uh, members of seven have claimed contracted typhoid fever. He brought a another doctor with him at another appointment, tried to get her to like, hey, um, you should give us urine samples. She declined. Um, she actually got sick and was hospitalized and they, they even like said, Hey, we're writing a book and we'll give you royalties. If you give us your, <laughs> like they really wanted her urine and stool yeah. samples. They were really trying to get this shit. She rejected, locked herself in the bathroom of the hospital and said, fuck off. <laughs> well, imagine back there in the, in the early 1900s, like w it wasn't like it is now as far as, uh, given urine and stool samples. You know what I mean? Mm. Oh, yeah. That would have been out of the norm because, like, now you go in for a checkup. You give urine samples, stool samples, check your blood pressure. Check your, you know, they do all those things. You don't even think about it. Right. Back then, they're just pissing into a five-gallon bucket. Which I don't know. Yeah, like, they probably had, like... uh you know, they had bedpans. I, I don't think that's what it's called. But back in the day when they didn't, when all they had was outhouses, yeah. dude, they had literally a tub or like a, like a, like a piss pot. Actually, that's what it was, a piss pot. And they would keep it under the bed. So at night, if they had to take a piss, well, they would just grab that pot, pull it out, piss in it, throw it back under the bed. Yeah. And then that, like, if they were rich, you know, like they would have someone come in and get it, throw it out, clean it, you know poor they probably had to go walk outside but that's what now if they're poor they just opened the bedroom window and threw it out the threw it out the window yeah yeah or just pissed out the window yeah i mean <laughs> if you're a guy yeah or if, if you're a girl with really good aim oh yeah i mean back then you know those are real women back then <laughs> <laughs> those were frontier women they could they could shoot a stream out a window no problem no problem <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I guess that's also where the term, uh, they don't have a piss to pot or don't have a pot to piss in. That's what it is. Yeah. I'm so <laughs> poor. I don't have a pot to piss in. I got to piss out the window. <laughs> yeah. I got to walk my happy ass out in the outhouse at two in the morning. God. 
At that point, you won't even have an outhouse. You just got a, a hole you dig in the backyard somewhere. Oh, yeah. God, I, how bad, like, that's one of the good things about living in the time we do. How much would that suck? Like, we've all woke up in the middle of the night and I'm like, oh, my God, my stomach's killing me. I'm about to drop a deuce or destroy something. I, Me, personally, I eat a lot of spicy food, so sometimes when I go past the uh, realm of normalcy and decide to get something extra spicy sometimes it's woke me up in the middle of the night and i'm like oh good lord i feel it coming like if i had to do if i had to deal with that <laughs> in the middle of the night but i had to go walk outside i i don't know the snow <laughs> oh god and freeze literally my balls off behind a tree and just like sweating bullets from the pain of this hot sauce while tr- worrying about coyotes coming up behind you and attacking your ass. <laughs> well, that's probably why their food back then was so bland to try and mitigate some of the diarrhea and shit, you know? <laughs> that's why, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like your theories, Dr. Mike. <laughs> I mean, they were. I mean, they really were. So you got to think they probably didn't have to deal with the... the you know, the El Diablo burrito from <laughs> down the street. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly why. So yeah. now you know. That is that is good to know. I feel better. <laughs> Don't feel so bad for those people. They had bland yeah. food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's, so, that's why Mary was such a good cook. Yeah. Yes. Because she used salt. <laughs> like, I don't know what she's doing, but it's delicious. Salt and pepper? God. Now you're cooking. Um, so, uh, all right. So after, you know, 1906 to 19, or 1900, 1906, everywhere she goes, typhoid's rampant. Uh in 1907, 1910, I guess he took his findings to a, like a health inspector. And this New York health inspector determined she was a carrier. And under section 1169 and 117 of the Greater New York Charter, Malone was held in isolation for three years at a clinic located at North uh, Brother Island. And by the way, no trial, no nothing. They just grabbed her by force, took her ass there. was like, you're sitting here. Uh, so there, guess what? They got in the prison, though. They got what? those damn piss and urine, or the urine and <laughs> stool samples. They got it from her, finally. Hey. <laughs> I heard that shoot when she was locked in that island the first time that uh, she was there all by herself, except she had, uh, like, they had her stuck away in this bungalow or whatever by herself. But she had a pet dog, a fox terrier, with her the whole time. Yeah, like they let they let her have a pet. I did not know that actually. That's yeah. kind of cool. At least they had let her have somebody. Yeah. They're not just like you know throwing her away. Uh, let's see. While she was there, they did offer to let her out like early. They basically Doctor Soper uh, visited Mary. He offered her a deal. Said most of her germs were in her gallbladder. And they said if they, they would release her if she agreed to have the organ removed. Uh, and he explained that the gallbladder was like the appendix. It didn't, like, you don't necessarily need it. Right. Uh, but she refused. She said, no yes. knife will be put on me. There's no, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing to matter with my gallbladder, she declared. Right. Uh, 
She's like, you ain't cutting my ass. Yeah. Of course, you know, surgery in the 1900s. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, she might not have survived it. It it was pretty risky back then. I know. Um, 1997. I cannot yeah. even imagine. Yeah. The, they were not, they were not hygienic. They didn't wear masks. Uh, you know, obviously doctors didn't wash their hands as much as they probably should have. Well, I also heard that, also heard that they would have let her go if she would have just said, okay, yeah, I'll start washing my hands and I won't cook anymore. Yeah. Well, that's what eventually they did. They said, um, let's see, eventually Eugene H. Porter, the New York State Commissioner of Health, decided the disease carrier should no longer be kept in isolation and she could be freed if she agreed to stop working, take reasonable steps to preventing the typhoid to others. And on February 19th, 1910, uh, she agreed and was going to change her occupation and she would be like someone that does laundry all the time. Right. Uh, And then she would take extra precautions, right? Right. So she did that for a while, actually. Uh, Only problem was, see what the problem is, those laundry girls, they don't make that money. They don't make that good, good money like the cooks do. Oh, Uh, okay. And I bet it smells like shit, too. Oh, God, yeah. God, you got to think, because people didn't shower as as often. So when they did did laundry, they did laundry. They didn't shower at all. They took one bath a week. Yeah. Like, you ever, like, worked real hard one day and you get like that pair of pants and you're like like can i wear these tomorrow you take the whiff challenge and you're like whoo those are a little ripe all right now times that by seven days (laughs) right yeah and you gotta think these are hard working individuals too these are people you know they work a lot harder than we work now yeah god that would have been so that would have been just as nasty of a profession uh uh. actually probably would have been more nasty yeah uh now Mike Mike Rowe would have been hosting a show about that. <laughs> um <laughs> This week on Dirty Jobs. Yeah. We are washing this guy's underpants. Uh he hasn't washed them in one year. Um <laughs> Did you ever see I don't know where this guy was from. Did you ever see the guy that hasn't taken a shower in like fifty years? Uh no. And like there, dude, there was like a di- We might have to find and do an episode on this guy. It was a, it was like literally this guy lives in a dump, and it's like in I don't remember what country, but he had what looked like calluses all over his skin, but it wasn't calluses. It was just like a film, like a thick, heavy dirt layer all over his body. Ugh. And they said like the guys that interviewed him was like you could smell him. For like, like a while, like thirty feet away, you're like, "What smells bad?" And you're like, "There's a guy in the distance. <laughs> He's walking over the horizon. <laughs> that filler over yonder there. Yeah, I, I'm like, just grab his ass and throw him in a tub. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's what that's what, what that's what garden hoses were made for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> High power, high powered sprinklers or um, <laughs> sprinkle nozzles, whatever the hell they're called. Yeah. Get a pressure washer out. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Light I'd, him up. I'd fill water bottle or uh, water balloons full of soap and just start <laughs> pelting his ass with them. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be some form of assault. 
probably, but it's for the betterment of society. I mean, he, he I think he, pretty sure he lived alone, so he was probably the best smelling thing in the dumps, like in the dumpster yard. All right, so Mary, oh Mary, uh, she uh, did uh, work for quite some time doing laundry, changing out them nasty ass sheets and underwears and whatnot uh and then she said fuck that and she changed her name to mary brown and returned to her former occupation because the government ain't gonna stop me and then for the next five years (laughs) she worked in a number of kitchens and wherever she worked there were outbreaks of typhoid and however many and then like yeah, and then she changed jobs so frequently, Soper was unable to find her. So it was almost like, it was almost like, catch me if you can, but this nasty lady <laughs> cooking, like, roast and potatoes, <laughs> and she cooks for a couple weeks. She's like, oh shit, everybody's sick, I'm out, and then she goes to the next place. Uh, <laughs> and it wasn't until, uh, was it 1915, she started another major outbreak at the Sloan Hospital for Women in New York City. See, that's the other thing. She stayed in New York. Go travel the world. Go spread that shit somewhere else. Like, <laughs> go to a small town. Like, I don't know why well, she's got to be in New York. Because but, I mean, she's it, money hungry, dude. And that's I where mean, all the high price jobs are is in New York, downtown New York, Manhattan. Well, let, let, let me ask you. What, if you found out you had something that you would give to anybody that you did whatever your job was, yeah. wouldn't you go just like, I'm going to go live out in the wilderness or something? I mean, I don't know, man. It depends on what it is, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you know, itchy ball syndrome. You'd be like, eh, whatever. <laughs> Who gives a shit? <laughs> crabs? Are you describing crabs? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, a lot of this can be described as your college years. <laughs> because <laughs> i guarantee it actually uh <laughs> one of my cousins went to a, a school one time that he was like uh, he goes man uh my college that i'm at was featured in like maxim magazine or something like that i'm like oh yeah what was it for he's like it was he was like it was because it's such a big party school but it's actually number one in uh std rates and students <laughs> oh my god <laughs> And he was like, we were number one in the nation. Damn. I'm like, wow, you all should probably start wrapping it up. <laughs> Dude, I'll He's tell like, you what, the Air Force base that I was stationed at when I did my training uh, was the h- number one highest percentage of STDs per, uh, per, per military member or whatever there. Was, For real? Yeah, dude. It was rampant. And it was... The reason why I get I don't know if this is the reason why, but they had uh that's where all the medical personnel got trained there. So it was like uh. it was like a huge percentage of female females in there and like a lot of the other bases don't have that many females. But this yeah. was just like it was more females than males at this base and it was just apparently it was fucking rampant in that base and they, <laughs> they told you like do not have sex here or you will get an std basically you know what's so funny about that i had a, a buddy that was in uh he was in the army infantry and he told me 
probably like a couple months ago that when he was in, um, I think like at a, maybe it was in basic, I guess whatever his, I don't know if this right term or not, but like whatever his platoon was, his, uh, whatever his, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess platoon, yeah. uh, like he was like he was like here's all of us he goes and there was another group over here that was just women like every one woman that was like that joined army infantry they got sent to this one right right and he goes like our lieutenants or sergeants would get in front of everybody goes all right no one fuck anyone from that platoon you will get an std do not have sex with them. Like, would get up in front of everyone, and they'd be like, you know, he's like, dude, there'd be like 40 of, 40, however many, I don't know, 100, 200. Like, they're all sitting there, and they're all basically just pointing over, like, do not fuck them. <laughs> you will get an STD. Right. <laughs> like, That's exactly how it was at that base, man. It was yeah. It was like, you just stay away. They called them the med hose. <laughs> stay, <laughs> stay away from yeah. the med hose. I don't remember what he called him, but it was just such a funny, like, wow. He's like, yeah. He goes, part of me thinks that was just, like, their way to keep the men and women apart. But he's like, but at the same time, I, I had some buddies that were <laughs> stationed with me that were like, I'm I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just can't say no. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I just want to have what I can't have. <laughs> right. Like crabs. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh man, but yeah. So, oh Mary, oh Mary. So she, so in 1915, she started another major outbreak at Sloan Hospital for Women. Twenty-five people were infected; two died. She again, uh, she left again, uh, but the police found her, arrested her, and took her. Uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. So they arrested her when she was taking food to a friend in Long Island, right? Uh, after arresting her, the public health authorities quarantined her again in the same place, North uh, Brother Island, on March 27, 1915, where she unwilling have to, uh, where she had to have her gallbladder removed. So they forcefully took her gallbladder. Yeah. Damn. I think she stayed there. Uh, yeah, she uh, she spent the rest of her life in quarantine at the river. Side hospital. Six years before her death, she was paralyzed of a stroke. She died of pneumonia at age 69. Um, now, post-mortem, they found evidence of live bacteria. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. This is weird, because this is actually saying post-mortem, they found evidence of live typhoid bacteria in her gallbladder. So they didn't force her to have her uh, gallbladder removed, but they said, like, you have to have it l removed. I guess it to be released. Oh, okay. um, and she refused, so she just stayed in isolation. Uh, but then someone else claimed that there was no autopsy and all this, so that might have just been hearsay, but um, maybe she did have it removed. Now, it does beg the question, which I, actually, I got one thing to tell you that I thought this was funny, right? So Typhoid Mary, Mary Malone, received a marriage proposal while in quarantine. <laughs> yeah. So there was a guy named Reuben, Reuben Gray. He was 28 years old, Michigan farmer. He wrote to the health commissioner, Thomas Darlington. Gray had read about Typhoid Mary. He wanted to marry her and offer her a home on his large farm far from town. 
There, Mary would not uh, put other lives at risk. And then uh, Gray knew that Mary was a good cook, and that's what he wanted the most in a wife. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> one thing she would be made aware of before uh, the, the tie is bound. All right, so one thing that he... So Gray had to be like, all right, the one thing she needs to know before she agrees to this is that... Uh, is that I have been insane, but it was over three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy goes like, I can give you all this, but just know I went through some shit and I'm a little <laughs> off my rocker. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he kind of had to be just to be given this proposal. <laughs> yeah. Well, at first you're thinking, what a nice guy. Like he's taking one for like he's the he's America's wingman. He's right. gonna take one for the team and take this person away from society. And then, you know, it'll probably eventually get him. <laughs> but at least she'll have a farm to chill out on. I thought um, you were gonna tell me that uh that he was also a systemat asymptomatic uh for typhoid also and like he couldn't have a relationship because you know every if any woman he tried to have a relationship with he'd end up giving them typhoid and he's like this is this is my one chance to find love (laughs) well it's funny you said there were other people now uh typhoid mary was considered the first written uh like historical of note, I guess in medical journals of an asymptomatic typhoid carrier where she didn't have any symptoms. It didn't affect her, but she carried it to everybody. And I actually tried to look up who was some of the first asymptomatic of anything. And it just kept bringing me to her. So I don't know if she is the first asymptomatic person, symptomatic person of anything where they're like, Holy shit, this person is just the carrier. Cause they always assume like, you know, these people in the hospitals or people that are sick that had these things. That's where you get it from, or it just yeah. floats in the air, or you gotta wear the big fucking bird beak fucking thing with the black plague. Which I totally wanted to buy one of those during the coronavirus and just start wearing that shit around. Dude, the coronavirus is still going around, so uh, go ahead, do it, jump on it. You want to help me? We'll get some soberless thoughts, bird beak masks. <laughs> yeah, wear those around. Nice cloak. That would be hilarious. <laughs> But uh, what I read about uh, Typhoid Mary was that she was the very first ever documented person that had an asymptomatic, God, I can't say that, an asymptomatic uh, disease or whatever. Yeah. I I think that's right. It's I kept reading because it, it, the way this was always worded was it was the first asymptomatic person of typhoid. And I was like, all right. But is that everything or just typhoid but i'm thinking you're right it is the first asymptomatic person and she actually got a lot of uh, publicity like there was like commercials and news articles and all this like she had interviews when she was quarantined like she was kind of a celebrity yeah of being yeah. just like this this woman that gets people sick and they die um she uh She's like it ain't my fault <laughs> did i do that uh so Actually got a so she was believed to infected forty seven to fifty one people causing three deaths. She is actually not the most like she is not the uh, top tier of typhoid carriers. Uh, there was a Tony Labella, 
Uh, another yeah. healthy carrier of typhoid fever infected 122 people, twice as many as Mary did. Five died. He was quarantined for two weeks, then released at age 39, and then fucking disappeared. Oh shit! So he probably I don't know did what like I'm just gonna go live out in the woods, just yeah, do just... what a man's got to do and cut some trees and fucking eat bears and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Or he just kept changing his name and just kept on moving. Yeah. 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 He was uh, and I'm I'm trying to think of a worse what's a worse profession than a cook to give people disease like that. Like that's pretty much the worst, right? I guess porn star. I don't know. Porn star? Dentist. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, let me look at your lateral incisor. <laughs> uh, you'll be all right. Yeah. You're good. <laughs> Yeah, of course, back then, they're like, yeah, let me get my brick out and saw down your teeth. <laughs> Maybe just a surgeon. Yeah. Ooh, a surgeon would be. Let's see. Uh, at the time, uh, what is it? 4,500 new cases of typhoid occurred in New York City each year. Approximately 3% of sufferers were uh, believed to become carriers. As a result, as many as 135 new typhoid carriers appear- appeared each year. Uh Mary spent her most of her life in isolation, but was far from alone in becoming carrier of the typhoid fever. So, obviously, they just figured about her and just like isolate her. I feel for her, man. This isolation shit sucks. Yeah. Um, there was another guy, Alfonso Cotillas. Cotillas. He was a restaurant and baker. Why did they all work in the restaurant business? Uh, restaurant and baker owner prepared food for others, and he violated orders. Charged charges were filed. Yet the judge did not arrest him because he had a wife and children to support. <laughs> <laughs> so they just let him keep cooking. Yeah, yeah they're like, "Hey, <laughs> quit that shit!" But I got just make sh- make sure you wash your hands a couple times. Yeah, <laughs> scrub underneath them nails, and you're good to go. He probably agreed to have his gallbladder removed is what it was. Yeah. Well, apparently that shit was living in there. And uh, when uh, they told him to piss in the bucket, he pissed in the bucket. Oh, yeah. Well, the, see, that's where she messed up. She was angry. She did, wouldn't piss in the bucket. Um, you know, like, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> so Typhoid Mary. Typhoid Mary, yeah. She is just one of many that, uh, like today, currently have the coronavirus with no symptoms and are walking around, yeah. quote-unquote, shedding their their coronavirus all over town without anybody knowing it. What? Uh, all right, so what would be the worst profession if you were a asymptomatic coronavirus uh, carrier? Uh, mailman. Mailman was good. Flight. I was thinking maybe pilot. Um, well, no, you don't. You'll never see the pilot. That's true. Flight attendant. I was trying to get away from food. All right, I got one. Uh, you blow up party balloons because <laughs> the shit can be contracted <laughs> by droplets. So you're just like essentially just keeping it all in balloons and. <gasps> <gasps> and you tie it up, you give it to them, you know, kids pop it, boom, shit's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think my job is probably at the top of the list. 
or like a yeah. mailman or something like that. Somebody who are a pizza delivery guy or something, you know, somebody who's actually going around and interacting with an Uber driver, maybe even, you know, mm, Uber driver yeah. at the toilet paper dispensary. Yeah. yeah. That's something else they never bring up. Like they always say, don't touch your face because like your mouth and nose are, um, well, they're orifices, but I'm trying to think of the right term for it. They're absorbent. Um, right. They're, oh God, what's the medical term for that? Anyway, they they will take in bacteria. So if you touch your nose or face, you can get sick from it. Well, the other one is your asshole. Yeah. So just so it, finger your so, butthole? So, yeah, if you are sick and finger your, finger your butthole, you will get, like, or if you have, like, flu on your hands and stick it in your ass, you might get the flu because it's, you know, entered your body. So yeah. you got to think about it. Like you should probably wash your hands before you wipe before you go yeah. take that dump. Dude, I've said this for years, man. I've said this for years that you need to wash your hands before you use the restroom. Yeah. Cause God only knows what's on your hands before you go and either do that or just grab your dick to take a piss. Yeah. You know, well, I, I do sometimes prescribe by the, I don't try to touch my own dick. <laughs> well, I'll just kind of like fold over the the band and just let it flop out. And then I just kind of use the band as the targeting system. And yeah. then I can just like flip it back up so I don't actually like touch the dong. So you're an over the fence kind of guy instead of a uh, through the <laughs> gate. Yeah, I'm definitely over the over the fence and not through the gate. I'm more of a through the gate kind of guy. Are you? You're a digger. Yeah. You gotta like reach in and grab it. Yeah. You gotta. <laughs> it's like grabbing a <laughs> a like a stock <laughs> stockyard animal out of the barn. Like, come here, you little some bitch. <laughs> Pull it out. <laughs> I'm more like, hey, let's just let's just open the barn door and let you just 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 flow out. <laughs> Nah, dude. So like, I like to unzip the zipper and pull it out that way, and then and then I can just use my sides of my jeans to you oh. know, get my get my uh, aim on. Yeah, that's a nice targeting system you got there. Nice piss targeting system. I'm gonna start yeah. using that from now on. <laughs> <laughs> but I think um, it's hard to change once you've done something for 35 years or something. You oh know? yeah. Like, I mean, I get it. We've all seen that one guy. Uh, I don't know what it is, but uh, that one guy that just walks in and drops his pants to the floor. Yeah. <laughs> like a 40-year-old man. You're like, why are you bare-assing it right now at this urinal? Yeah. <laughs> at like the fucking, at a, like in major league baseball game in the stadium where <laughs> there's like no privacy at all there's just 50 fucking urinals in a row and you got the one jackass he's standing there with his pants around his ankles yeah come on dude just too drunk you know the last time that happened to me it was like a i think it was like a 40 year old asian gentleman and yeah. I think he was like, uh, like a, I think he's like a Japanese businessman. And I don't know if he was just so hammered, but he just like walked in and took his like nice suit trousers and just dropped them all to the ground. And he's just kind of staggering and standing in front of his urinal. And we're all standing in line. That was the other fucked up thing. There was probably three of us standing against the wall, like trying not like, all right, this dude's bare ass is out right now. Uh. <laughs> Dude, I was at. 
uh, bar. It doesn't exist anymore, but it used to be around in uh, Mainstrass Village in in Covington, Kentucky, and it was called Cosmos. Do you remember yeah. that back in the day? No. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, uh, I'm standing in line at this bar, and it's like. A fucking, it's like, I don't know, it must have been a holiday or something because the bar was just insanely packed. And uh, waiting in line to piss. And finally, it's my turn to go in the door. I walk in the door, and in this bathroom, there was literally like one stall. There was no urinal. There was just one stall with a bath, with a toilet in it. That was it. Yeah. Well, I walk in the door because one person walked out. So I walked in, and when I walked in, there was a dude standing, pissing into the toilet. There's a dude standing, pissing into the garbage can, and there's another dude standing, <laughs> pissing into the sink. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit! <laughs> like, all right, so whichever one, and it was the guy with the gar- at the garbage can that finished next. So I stood there and pissed in the garbage can. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, dude! My my favorite was a um, there was a hole in the wall bar called um, oh god what what oh, shit what was that called Saddle Ridge in uh in Lexington and it was like it was weird it was like a wannabe country bar i guess and it was like if they played nothing but like gangster rap and country <laughs> is all they ever played and yeah. it would just bop back and forth and it had like like this i don't know every time i went there i saw like everyone i went to high school with like it was so random but every time i went there as well they had like a piss trough and you'd go in, like, you wait in a long-ass line, you go in there, and there's, like, a piss trough of, like, six people in a row, and then there was, like, stalls for the people that, I guess, have to take a crap in the worst timing possible. Well, <laughs> every time I went there, I swear it never failed. There'd be some drunk girl push her way through all the guys, and she goes, I gotta piss, and then would just walk up to the piss trough, turn around, drop trowel, and squat, and just, like... <laughs> just acid hover over the piss trough while like all like all these seven dudes are like on either side of her pissing with her and she's just like y'all don't look <laughs> every oh, no, time we're not looking straight at yeah. you <laughs> yeah well it wasn't even like anything like you wanted to see but it was just like look at this train wreck <laughs> <laughs> so they're more like, oh, trust us, we're not looking. <laughs> yeah. No, no, the, they were good looking, but it was just what they were doing. You're like, oh, come on now. Have a little dignity here. Please go yeah. do it. Like, we don't care you're in the dudes. Just like, I'd see them pissing urinals and <laughs> everything else there. But Dude, I was at a NASCAR race. <laughs> <laughs> I like where this is going. This is a solid story so far. And uh, I'm walking down, and they have, like, all these campers lined up in the parking lot, right? And uh, we're, like, walking past these campers. And, uh, I mean, it's a good fucking probably 1,000 yards that I'm walking to get from where we parked to the entrance to the stadium to watch the NASCAR race. And we passed at least, I would say, 10 different women (laughs) 
standing in the parking lot with her pants completely off, just squatted down pissing. No. See, I can handle that more. (laughs) (laughs) I don't see how that's any better. I don't. I really don't. I don't know. I did grow up in the... (laughs) Like, we had a lot of field parties growing up, so, like, girls just squatting behind a truck, you're like, ah, whatever. I mean, but it wasn't really behind anything. Like, I'm walking right (laughs) past these people. They're They're just just not shy. Yeah. 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 Give me another bear, Billy. (laughs) (laughs) You better save me one of them ribs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, it was just always with the piss trough. It was like a level of like, is she going to fall into the piss trough or is she going to like stay stable? Like, cause she was like hovering over, but she's like at a weird angle. And you're like, I don't understand how this works at all. They weren't. I'm like, if I was a girl, I probably would have just sat on the edge of the piss trough and just peed in it. Oh, that's gross. Of <laughs> course, <laughs> they wouldn't know any better. It's not like they go in there and seal that the the mayhem where like there's just a puddle of piss from the trough on the ground. It can't be all any the way worse to, like, than the toilet seat. I mean, you're not lying. Every <laughs> toilet seat that was in that place, I swear to God, had like puke a beer bottle sticking out of the commode uh (laughs) maybe like a half a turd and something else and it's all in each single commode like it was the grossest place i'd rather go i would rather go take a dump out in the parking lot between two cars than have to go take a dump in one of those toilets (laughs) all right dude let's do our uh (laughs) let's do our coronavirus update Actually, so there's a guy at work that was talking to me about your, uh, he was like, hey, did you hear about Bill Gates? <laughs> I was like, I already know, buddy. I already know. <laughs> he was Listen talking to me. like, yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, dude, you need to start listening. Um, he was, uh, now he was telling me that they were going to try to get people to, you know, how you were talking about, like, as this conspiracy theory goes, like, he wants to get everyone to take a vaccine and then that way that you can track them by like scanning them and stuff like that. He was saying that the, the theory he heard was that it was that, but then they're going to inflict a law that won't allow you to travel internationally unless you have this vaccine and then they'll scan you every time you go through. Yeah. And I was true. like, Hmm, that's, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, that's, that, that's definitely part of it. You can't yeah. leave. And then they're going to, on top of that, they're going to make it to where kids can't go to school unless they have this vaccine. Yeah. It's going to be mandatory for children to go to school. They have to have the vaccine. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Then that's it. Then that's 100% all the people got it. Yeah. That's it. And then speaking of children, did you hear about this in New Jersey? No. New Jersey now is passing a law that says that if the custodial parents of a child are both sick, the government, the state of New Jersey, can come in and forcefully remove that child from that house to properly quarantine the child away from the parents until the parents can then prove that they no longer have the virus 
and then they can attempt to get their child back. Yeah. I mean, that's messed up. But at the same time, you're like, I mean, it. are they doing it for the welfare of the kid? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, dude. You're taking somebody's kids away from them. And at the same time, like these, uh, the kids are the ones that don't even, it doesn't even affect. They said it themselves many times. There's actually been more cases where kids are starting to show symptoms. Like there was a, granted this was like a 17 year old. He died from it actually. Um, I read he was uh, in like ROTC and was going to like enlist and all this kind of stuff like that. And then he just straight up went into a coma for like a couple of days and just kaput. Um, like that would be the only like, yeah, like you can't take their kids away from them. But if they're I feel like they would have to be willing participants. Be like, look, we're both sick. We need them like we have no family members that take them to but we're afraid we're gonna give it to them like wouldn't you kind of like want to protect your own kid like if there was a like a risk of them coming down with it and it hurting them more wouldn't you be like all right get the kid out of here until we get better no 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 man nobody's taking my kids yeah especially not putting them in fucking in a fucking foster care dude oh yeah no no yeah now that would suck. Cause imagine, imagine, like in my situation, you have a two-year-old child. Yeah. You take that child away from his parents for you know what five, six months. Yeah. Before they, and I mean that's fucking traumatizing, dude. Oh yeah, for sure. They, it, there's there there would be no easy answer to this, just because like you know. You don't want to put your kids at risk, but at the same time, you know. Yeah. At the same time, I'm not going to be compliant. Fuck it. Yeah. I'm not compliant. Yeah. (laughs) I do think that's messed up that they could. The fact that they can make you is what bugs me about the whole thing. I'm like, I could stay with like if there was not foster care, but somewhere like that. If that situation arose and you as the parents were like worried about your kids, and like I said, and you, you didn't have family members or friends or somebody that could watch the kid, but that's also a very obscure situation. Alex, you know why you have that thought? Huh? Because cause you're not a parent. Probably. Yeah. If I probably was, I would be like, no, you're not taking my kids and that. But I was thinking more or less like I would worry about the kids. Like getting them sick i i mean yeah so then you take precautions so that your kid doesn't get sick but you're not giving your kid away yeah and like if my 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 thought process too is if this is as contagious as they say it is then if both the parents already have it oh yeah the kid then you know damn well the kids already got oh for sure yeah i mean that is a good point if the kid, because, yeah, if the parents got it, the kids got it. I actually, where my mom worked in healthcare, I have contracted random shit from her because of being in hospitals. And I dated a girl that was a phlebotomist years ago, and she 
for fun. Look, she was like, you care if I looked at your medical record? I'm like, I don't give a shit. Go ahead. Whatever. And then she was looking through it and she goes, did you know that you had this? I don't remember what it was, but kind of like the chicken pox. If you get the chicken pox, you have those antibodies left in your system. Well, whatever it was I came down with, and I remember getting super sick when I was a kid. She was like, I was asking about that, and it was like a some kind of virus that like went through a lot of the medical field, like personnel, like doctors, nurses, you know, staff, that kind of thing. They all got it, uh, but the only people outside of them was like super rare or family members of the medical people. Well, apparently, whatever the hell that was. I actually have the antibodies for it because I got it when I was a kid, probably from my mom. Oh, there you so go. So I there I do remember being super fucking sick one time, and it was that I guess. Did you know what I used to do when I was a kid? I used to go around and sniff mail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then then years later, when I'm in the Air Force. They go to give me an anthrax shot, and it doesn't take. They do the anthrax shot on me like several times to try and vaccinate me for the anthrax. None of it ever takes. Then the doctor finally says, it seems that you have a natural immunity (laughs) to anthrax. Yeah. Yeah, you little. I'm thinking it's it's because I was sniffing some anthrax out of them out of yeah. that mail <laughs> that's funny <laughs> you little male sniffer <laughs> yeah oh that's crazy but yeah that whole situation with the kids man i like i said i don't know what the right answer would be with that i feel like that would just matter on whatever your situation was because right. that that is such a touchy like like what is the right answer because like either way either way you do it there's risks in this and it's just like what what the hell is the right answer i guess uh the right answer is you don't take people's kids away from them that's the that's the right answer yeah oh true yeah yeah <laughs> that's, I'm, I'm totally with you on that don't forcefully take your kids for sure i wasn't saying that at all you know, they're trying this in New Jersey. You know where they're not going to try this? Texas. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, there's no way they're going to do it in Texas. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, dude, it's it's just every day it's getting crazier out there, and uh, I don't understand it. But yeah. we're trying to figure it out. I think uh next week we're gonna we're gonna uh dive in deeper into how Bigfoot is uh <laughs> taking yeah. all this to the next level. What if what if Bigfoot um, DNA is the cure? <laughs> he has the natural antibodies to kinda like snake venom. <laughs> hey, you know, I don't know. We gotta do our research this week and figure that out. Yeah, we do. We do. We'll do some uh, some DNA testing on the old Bigfoot that we got locked up in the back, and uh, we'll That's see what right. happens. Yeah, let's do it. All right, buddy. Where can uh, where can we uh, where can we get our emails? 
Oh, you can send your emails to soberlessthoughts at gmail.com. Oh, yeah, and, that's where you're going. And then you yeah. go on all the social medias at Soberless Thoughts, Instagram, Facebook, or you can search us uh, on Twitter for Think Soberless. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Or just search Soberless Thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if you do have the cure for the coronavirus out there, yeah. and your name is Harry, Harry Henderson... Give us a call. Yeah. We need to hear from you. That's right. We need, to, we need to end this today. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alex. Till next week. All right, man. Yo. See you then. <laughs>